0: My name is David Hernandez, and you're listening to As the Pokeball Turns. Welcome to As The Pokeball Turns, where we interview people around the community on how their Pokémon Go journey started, where it has been, and where it is currently going. The Republic of Panama is a small country that links both North and South America. Given its unique location, for many centuries it was seen as a potential landing spot for what would later be known as the Panama Canal, which made Panama the integral link for trading between the Pacific and Atlantic Oceans. The way Panama connects the world can also be seen with nature thanks to its biodiversity and the only place in the world where you can see the sun rise on the Pacific and set on the Atlantic. With how much Panama's existence is centered around connection, maybe what the country says rings true. Panama is not the destination, but the journey to discover more of what truly matters. My guest is from the Republic of Panama and shares what it's like playing Pokemon Go in his country. He is also a Wayfarer ambassador, which is a Wayfarer explorer who is active within the Wayfarer community and passionate about exploration and connecting with other people. Here's his origin story into the world of Pokemon Go. This is Quartz Leo. Today, I'm joined by a Wayfarer ambassador known as Quartz Leo. I hope I got the name right. Welcome to the show, Quartz Leo
1: thank you thank you and definitely you did get it right in the first try yes all right i wasn't
0: too sure (laughs) (laughs) well awesome my friend i heard you on the way spotters podcast but i'm looking forward to just talking about pokemon because you seem like a very dedicated pokemon person so let's start with the first question i ask all my guests when did you first start playing pokemon go
1: well officially almost at the beginning of the craze right there but at the time, it was a little deserted over here, mostly Zubats at the time. So I only had caught my starter and then a couple Pokemon around. And then I took a break until 2018. And then I went all in on 2018.
0: So you were basically living the Gen 1 cave scene with Zubats everywhere nonstop.
1: Exactly.
0: So you said that your area was kind of barren, it sounds like. So, how barren are we talking about? Can you kind of give me an idea?
1: Near my place where I live, there was only one gym and about three Pokestops. That's it? That's it. And it was for at least a radius of four kilometers, something like that. Wow.
0: That's not much. For those who are in America, that's about three miles, I believe, give or take. Something like that, Yep. Yeah. I guess you dropped off because there just wasn't much to do with the lack of stuff around you. Is that kind of what
1: happened? Pretty much. Um, also, at the time, I didn't have like a cellular data contract. Sometimes what would happen is I would be running on public Wi-Fi and oh. out of range, law service, and it took me about until 2018 to get a personal contract for myself so I could just play all day, every day, every time I could.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: what were your expectations when you heard about Pokemon Go? Originally, I did believe that it was a for Fool's joke way back when I first saw it, because I thought it, I, really, I really thought it was. And then I was expecting that we would actually see like ARC that you'd have to move your phone around to actually see the Pokemon. I'd notice, oh no, it's just tapping it, and then you can see it. I was expecting a more like AR-integrated system, but that was way beyond what we had available at the time in technology.
0: That's true. Pokemon Go's idea did come from, I don't know if you remember this, there was an April Fool's joke with Google Maps where they had Pokemon on the map thing, and you can go catch them. Did you know oh, about that?
1: I probably mixed them up with the ad trailer. I probably thought the trailer was the actual April Fool's joke at the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I never did it myself, to be honest. I just remember seeing people post screenshots on Facebook and <laughs> stuff like that. And it would just be Google Maps and they'd just have like a Mew in the middle of a random street or whatever. And I think that's what eventually wow. led to
1: Pokemon Go. Oh, I didn't know at the time. I was just browsing YouTube at the time. No, that's fair.
0: Do you have any familiarity with Pokemon before Pokemon Go?
1: Yep. I've been playing since, way back since I was a kid. I was playing Pokemon Red. But I first was mostly exposed was to the anime. So I watched the anime, there would be reruns randomly, and then I just started from Episode 1 again because I just randomly decided to start over from the beginning all the way to Hoenn.
0: Do you have a particular favorite generation at all?
1: Well, my favorite Pokemon is from Generation 2, Larvitar. However, my favorite generation is actually Hoenn. That's the one I love a lot. I honestly really wished for the time I kept playing Pokemon Ruby, all the time I was trying to see if I could maybe force to get the D- Dioxus or Deoxus. I don't know how it's actually said.
0: Oh, are you talking about the Rockets?
1: Correct. I was going to the Rockets. I was checking the White Rock. I was like, what does the White Rock mean? When people were saying in, in school, they were saying like that White Rock means you can get Jirushi. I'm like, okay, how do I get a girishy? And I kept just trying and trying.
0: So if real quick, for those who are listening, what he's talking about was in Moss Deep City, there was like a NASA Space Center, basically. And there was this one random guy who, I think he would say like a random number, right? Or days with the rockets. The rumor back in the day, this is way back before the internet is nowadays, was that when it reached to, I believe, 100 or something like that, you could get on a ship and fly all the way to the moon to get Deoxys. Right? That's what it was? That was it. That was it. <laughs> and then fools like me and him spend hours upon hours waiting for the in-game clock to go to the next day, hoping like we hit the 100 rocket just so we can get Deoxys because we just didn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> Long and behold,
1: you had to go to a physical event.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is when regionals were really were a thing. <laughs> you couldn't yeah. get it. So, have you played Pokemon all the way through? Did you ever skip a generation at all?
1: This is the funny part. I did skip at one point. I didn't play Gen two all the way through. I stopped because it was not mine. Somebody lent it to me. And I did not play Gen 2 up until I was playing Generation Four. Then I went back and played Generation Two and played it all the way in.
0: Are you talking about with hard gold and soul silver or you actually went back and played the original Gold and Silver?
1: I went back and played the original Gold.
0: Wow. Okay. That's some dedication right there. I would've just stuck with the remix. <laughs>
1: I did play a remix of Fire Red A Lot. <laughs> oh, really? How long was that? That was a 959 hours and 59 minutes. 959.
0: Wait, 959 hours and 59 minutes. Like actual 959?
1: Actual 959. It just got locked there. It didn't move forward.
0: So you play beyond that. It just, that's <laughs> <is> the highest <laughs> it would go. That was the highest it would count. So, what would you do on Fire Red for 959 hours? I'm curious.
1: So, I had this thing from Generation 1 when I first played Pokemon Blue. Someone told me you didn't actually finish the game until your entire team was level 100. I had one team that was level 100, but it was only like Pokemon I was using every day just to gain coins. But then I eventually decided I'm going to Shiny Hunt. Oh, no. And- <laughs> And then I decided I'm going to get every single item you can get from a Pokémon by catching it, checking the Pokémon's inventory, and if they were holding, let's say, Lucky Egg, but you could only get catching Chances, then I kept going to the Safari Zone, catching Chances, going to the Safari Zone, catching Chances until I had at least two Lucky Eggs, and then I would level up the Pokémons until one, level 100.
0: On Fire Red. Did you just do it on Fire Red, or do you like trade to other games to kind of get that experience boost?
1: I did have a couple of Pokemon that people traded over from Leaf Green and from Emerald. Somebody gave me some Pokemon from Coliseum to complete the Johto decks. Did you actually complete the decks though for Fire Red? Almost everything but Mew and Deoxys. Wow, that's crazy, dude. I felt very proud I had the badge, like, hey, you completed the Pokédex, because even though you actually didn't get the Mythical, it still counted when you went to speak with Professor Oak. And they would register, oh, you did this, you completed the Pokédex. And I went to Celadon City, where the Green Free people were, and also I got the little certificate in-game for it.
0: You (laughs) deserve it.
1: (laughs) That was my little um, hyperfixation, so to speak.
0: So here's the crazy part, because I played a lot of Gen 3, and I think the amount of time you put in a Fire Red beats my entire combined time with all five games. Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald, Leaf Green, and Fire Red, and Colosseum, and XD Guild of Darkness.
1: Wow. I, I didn't even think about it. I just was playing it when I got home from school, playing it again on my way to school, playing it on my way back from school, just playing it all the time. That's crazy, dude. Like, I'm
0: mean, respect, no lie, but man, <laughs> 959 hours. The most I've clocked in ever on a Pokemon game, honestly, I think would have been Black 2, and that clocked in at 400 and something hours. And that's it for
1: me. I mean, for one game. Oh, you played more than me. You played more hours than me on Pokemon Pearl. I kind of just finished it and never touched it again. I can't go back to the game,
0: dude. It's too slow. Oh, it's I've tried to do it. I tried playing it, and it's just painful. Yeah. The mashing, the amount of mashing AI yeah, that I would do. So like, hey, you just wait for the text to just go slow, and then, yeah, no fun. So we come back. You said 2018 when you returned? Yep. What made you come back in 2018?
1: Ironically enough, it was the first World Community Day. That's what caught my attention. At the time, I didn't even know there was shinies. I was like, oh, there's no shinies. Oh well. And then, shinies? Wait, what? I'm getting that. And I just got back to the game immediately. I go between heavy grinding for shinies I would catch, or sometimes I would just go, shiny? No, shiny? No, shiny? No, go. Oh, you just reminded me why I got into shiny hunting. So I discovered about Pokemon Emerald's Broken RNG Timer and I just kept restarting until I found my shiny frame every time and I just like this exact second guaranteed shiny every single time. Normally all Pokemon games have a timer that only counts like it's like a seed in-game seed for all of your shinies it's guaranteed but it also is not supposed to be able to be predicted so every time you boot up the game it's completely new. Pokemon Emerald, it was broken, and every single time, the moment you saved your profile, it was counting that timer exactly to the T. So you could go, okay, I know at second number 15, you'll have a shiny, guaranteed. And the way to check for it would be when you're first encountering your Pokemon in the little quest to protect the Professor. When you protect the Professor from the Pokemon, either your starter or the Pokemon attacking the Professor will be shiny. And that's how I would figure out, at this exact second, it's going to be my shiny frame. I'll just have to make sure to count the seconds as soon as I start the game. And it would work specifically for wild Pokemon only. So,
0: what's your most prized shiny Pokemon?
1: If I'm not mistaken, I think my rarest shiny, but I know I don't know anyone who has it right now, it's Smurgle. I wish I had as a shiny ditto. Everyone has it but me. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> dude. there was another one that was pretty rare at the time because they removed it for some time and then they added it back accidentally they realized oops we we forgot to enable it for everyone which was a uh, magnemite as soon as they released it i got it and it was gone and they patched it back
0: from your collection or just gone from being able to get it
1: oh you weren't able to get it at all for like a couple months Oh, and I guess nobody actually has these anymore, Blastoise. Oh, Sunglasses Blastoise. Yeah, Sunglasses Blastoise, nobody has it anymore.
0: Mm-mm. It only came back one time during the Ed Sheeran event, and that's about
1: it. That's about it.
0: When you came back, though, I guess it was still a problem for you to be able to play much, though, because y'all didn't have as much Focus Dr. Gyms, true?
1: Yep. So there was only three places you could actually play, which was Albrook Mall, which is the biggest mall of Central America. So it was guaranteed there was at least some Pokestops at the time because a lot of it was very low density. And then there was what we call Casco Antiguo, which is the old city of Panama, which was founded a long time ago. That had a lot of Pokestops and the density of Pokemon was pretty high. So if you walked around for a while, you could farm a lot. And the national university, which had a lot more focus stops and gyms and everywhere else, but you could only play on weekdays because it was closed on the weekends. Oh, is it gated? Gated during the week. Every other day, anyone can come in. So I guess
0: most of the community days were probably I guess the mall.
1: Yep. The mall mostly. There's also our national park, but that one's a little a little complicated because it's sometimes marshy, sometimes not. Depends on the weather.
0: What is it like in Panama? Like what's the climate like?
1: Either in Tense sunlight or heavy rains all the time. So you basically
0: got Groudon or Kyogre basically over there.
1: Basically. A whole drought for drizzle.
0: Oh my gosh. Sounds like Texas in summer.
1: <laughs> yep. So eventually though, what helped you improve the area was you got involved into Wayfair, right? Yep. I was thinking, well, a lot of the things around me are, are good potential bulky stubs. They exist everywhere else. How come over here we don't have any? And I got into Wayfair to try and boost everywhere else that I saw. If I saw a park on the way, you Pokestop stuff for someone, even if I don't play there.
0: How much have you improved your area since doing Wayfair, like before and after? Like, give me an idea.
1: Well, now there's about, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven gyms, though they're always red. <laughs> wow.
0: Okay. Is Valor pretty dominant over there?
1: Not everywhere. It's just where I live for some reason. They're always dominant where I live.
0: So how difficult was it to get into Wayfair? Because I know that's very challenging. Like, it's not always clear.
1: I didn't really get it at first. I was confused as to what was, why was this okay? Why is this not okay? I didn't get the rules at the beginning. Then slowly I had to read up a lot of old stuff that people were posting on old threads. And I was like, oh, this is how you do it. Some people got into it and they were like, oh, let's just try and nominate stuff and see what we can get. Some nominated their trees, some you know, nominated some new stuff like parks that I didn't even know about. Made me actually focus on getting that new badge for exploring new Pokestops now.
0: I'm really Oh yeah, on that one. Uh, the Explorer badge, I think, right? That's what it's called?
1: I think so, yeah. Something like that. See? Sightseer.
0: There we go, Sightseer. Yep.
1: That's my next goal is completing all my badges. I really want to make up for all the time that I took off because during 2020 I kind of just went down again on pokemon go for a while a lot of us did
0: (laughs) well last question on the wayfair if somebody was wanting to get into it and they wanted to build up their community what would you tell them like how could they learn about the wayfair system
1: my best suggestion when it comes to how to get into wayfair is actually just look what's being posted on reddit or on the wayfair forums it's pretty solid, and you immediately catch what's not accepted right away, as opposed to going blindly and just nominating. Because at least now you know, okay, don't post this, otherwise I'm going to appear on this thread again. Or you
0: might be an episode of Waste Spotters with
1: Call of the Week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shout out to those guys. They're awesome. Yep. Well, awesome, of course, Leo. I appreciate you coming on the show. If people want to check out any of your stuff, I know you like to draw in your spare time. If you want to plug your stuff,
1: by all means... Oh, yeah. Right now I'm posting more often on my Instagram. I don't post every day because I'm in a new job, so I'm getting settled. I'll be posting more often on my Instagram at QuartzLeo underscore.
0: Awesome. And I'll make sure to link it into the description of today's episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of As the Pokeball Turns. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Feel free to follow me on all my socials by clicking the link in the description of this episode and I'll see you next time. Here's a sneak peek for the next episode of As the Pokeball Turns.
1: Yeah, so before I got... On my Pokemon Go PvP journey, I was just starting out studying the game of poker uh, because like, like a lot of things in life, there's just a lot more to it than what the untrained eye would know.